the song that we just sang. The great creator became my savior. Amen. I'm thankful that the great creator saw fit to love me enough to robe himself in flesh and to allow his own body to die on the cross. God's a spirit. You can't kill God. But his body was crucified for our salvation. Amen. He was the ultimate perfect sacrifice. His blood is perfect. He was the spotless lamb. Amen. Some people get hung up on that because the Bible says that Jesus Christ was slain, crucified, slain, before the foundation of the world. And yet he's the only begotten. So we know that Jesus had a beginning. That which was conceived in Mary in Matthew chapter 1. When she conceived of the Holy Ghost. His body. That was the first time his body came into existence. But God is eternal. So how could a body that would come. Through Mary. Be slain before the foundation. Before Adam was ever made. It's simple. Ready? Ready? Because God knew it was going to cost him something. And in his mind, Jesus Christ was slain before. He knows the end from the beginning. John, the, the oldest disciple, last one to write the, one of the four Gospels. It was in his 90s. That's how he started, John. In the beginning was the word, logos, the thought, the plan. In the beginning was the word, and word was with God, and the word was God. Word in the beginning was the Logos, the plan. God always had a plan. You know what? God has always had a plan yes. for us. Amen. He's always had a purpose for your life. Amen. Even before Adam was a blink in God's eye, <laughs> God had a plan. Yes. Amen. Amen. Because He is the great creator, He is God of everything. <clears throat> And if that's all right this morning, we're going to talk a little bit about that. I don't know if I'm going to be more in the teaching mode or the preaching mode today. Uh, but uh, I feel there's going to be some old verses I'm sure you've heard before. And it's going to be mixed in, I pray, with some new revelation for somebody in this place this morning. Amen. This is what God has put on my heart today. So we are going to go to the book of Beginnings. <clears throat> going to the book of beginnings be, that would be Genesis if you go to the open your Bible and just make a couple pages to the right you'll see Genesis first unless you're on an iPad or iPhone or something then <clears throat> it's the first one Genesis chapter 1 and then we're going to go to Genesis chapter 2, one verse there. But Genesis 1, verse number 1. In the beginning, God. He was all by himself. And in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. 
And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, Let there be light, and there was light. God saw the light, that it was good. God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. Here we find, in the beginning, God created. <clears throat> and he looked down and he said, it's good. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Thankful God is still breathing life into the souls of men and women today. And that's called the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Spiritual life. God formed man, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Praise God. <clears throat> I need the help of the Lord this morning to preach what I feel on my heart today. Pray it will be a blessing to everyone here this morning, and that is give it a title today, The Beginning of Life. The Beginning of Life. Would you help me pray that God would talk to us and anoint us in this place. God, we give you glory and praise and honor. Thankful for your goodness and mercy. Thank you for life. Thank you that I've been born again by the water and of the Spirit. God, I thank you, Lord, that you have mercy on my soul and that I have a new beginning in Christ Jesus. Give you glory and praise. Anoint us. Give us ears to hear what thus saith the word of God this morning. Bless everyone in this place. God, I pray for every heart in this house right now. Every man, every woman, every child in this place. Those even in Sunday school. God, would you, this morning, God, would you bless each and every one. Keep your hand of protection upon every one of us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Somebody shout amen. 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 You may be seated this morning. may have heard this version before of the beginning it goes like this in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and populated the earth with broccoli cauliflower spinach green and yellow and red vegetables of all kinds so man and woman would live long and healthy lives then using God's great gift, Satan created Ben and Jerry's ice cream and Krispy Kreme donuts. And Satan said, would you like chocolate with that? And man said, yes. And woman said, and as long as you're at it, add some sprinkles. And they gained 10 pounds. God created the healthful yogurt that both man and woman might keep their figures. But Satan brought forth white flour from the wheat and sugar from the cane and combined them. And woman went from size 6 to 14. So God said, try my fresh green salad. Satan presented Thousand Island and ranch dressings and buttery croutons and garlic toast on the side. And man and woman unfastened their belts following the repast. And God then said, I have sent you heart-healthy vegetables and olive oil in which to cook them. And, and Satan brought forth deep-fried chicken-fried steak so big it needed its own platter with a side of gravy. Some of you are getting hungry right now. 
and, get, and man and woman gained 10 more pounds. And their cholesterol went through the roof. And then God created a light, fluffy, white cake, named it Angel Food Cake, and said, It is good. And Satan then created chocolate cake and named it Devil's Food Cake. Then God brought forth the potato, naturally low in fat and brimming with nutrition, and Satan peeled off the healthful skin and sliced the starchy center into chips, deep frying them. Man gained 10 more pounds. God then gave leaf, lean beef so that man might consume fewer calories and still satisfy his appetite. But our adversary created McDonald's and its 99-cent double cheeseburger. Said, you want fries with that? And men said, absolutely, yes. Supersize them while you're at it. Satan said, it is good. And man went into cardiac arrest. <clears throat> and that story is about as truthful as the Big Bang Theory and evolution being taught in a lot of places. Because the Bible, which is the infallible, perfect word of God, says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God made the stars and the sun and the moon. And God formed Adam from the dust of the earth. God made everything. It was in 1926, a man by the name of Edwin Hubble. You've probably heard his name because there is a Hubble telescope flying through space now. And he was credited as being the first to argue that the universe had a beginning. Think about that. 1926, Edwin Hubble, Hubble says, the universe, you can see, had a beginning. Uh, he probably didn't read Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. I'm like, that's been around for thousands of years. Humanity has known in the beginning who created everything. <laughs> but Hubble said that he was the first in science to say that the universe, you could see in the universe that everything was set in motion many, many, many years ago at some point in time, and it has been expanding ever since. He says evidence in the universe shows that the universe is expanding and Albert Einstein, even Albert Einstein, you know him as the, with the theory of relativity and E equals MC squared. I don't even know what that means, but it sounds good. But Einstein said his greatest mistake in science was saying that the universe is a cosmological constant. Einstein looked at all the science and he, even Einstein himself says you can't deny that there was a supreme being that started Everything at some point in time. Probably don't read that in history books. Or science class. Hubble went on to say 12 to 15 billion years ago, there were no stars, no universe, yet all matter, energy, time, physical space came into being somehow and had a specific point. <clears throat> the Big Bang Theory requires that the universe came from nothing. Atheists believe in the Big Bang, but they, they believe that the universe came from nothing and by nothing. One scholar said, out of nothing, nothing comes. Thus, something can only come from something. I, this is real deep this morning. 
I know it's early on Sunday morning. Wake up. I'll read that. I'll say that again. One scholar said, out of nothing, nothing comes. But out of something, something can come. We know that in the beginning, God, He's more than something. <laughs> he created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God created. He made it all. There was something here. There's always been. He's everlasting. It's hard for our finite mind to understand the infinite. And the universe itself reveals that it was created and has a, or had a beginning. Job 26 and 7, God stretched out the north over the empty place and he hung the earth upon nothing. By the way, you didn't figure that out. Job, that was written thousands of years ago and he already understood. It was saying but this thing called the earth is in space and it's hung. The North Pole, the South Pole, kind of an axis concept. That's what Job was talking about. How did he know that? Probably got a word from the Lord. Genesis 1 and 16, and God made the great, two great lights and greater, the greater light to rule the day, the sun, and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. And in Revelations 1 and 8, Jesus said, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is, which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. God started the universe and he can end it. Isaiah 41 and 4, and I got a lot of verses, but I'll hurry. I, I'm going someplace this morning. I'm going to set the foundation. Isaiah 41 and 4, who hath wrought and done it, calling the generations from the beginning. I, the Lord, the first and with the last. I am He. He asked the question. It's a rhetorical. Who was there in the beginning? And God says, oh yeah, it was me. <clears throat> Hebrews 11 and 3, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, he said, let there be light. That's how powerful his word is. He said, let there be light, and there was light. God spoke the word, and it happened. And in Hebrews, in the New Testament, <clears throat> the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. <clears throat> he created something out of nothing. Can I interject right here? God can make something out of a nothing. God can make something special in a life that the world rejects. Somebody may look at me and go, you ain't worth nothing. God says, I've got a purpose for you. I have a plan for you. I made and created you to worship me. I've got a purpose in your life. Praise God. Hey, he can still make something out of a nothing. <laughs> John 1 and 3, all things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. Isaiah 44, 24, I am the Lord that maketh all things, that stretcheth forth the heavens alone, that spreadeth abroad the earth all by myself. Wasn't a committee. <laughs> Nehemiah 9 and 6, thou, even thou, art Lord alone. 
Thou hast made heaven, the heaven of heavens, with all their host and the earth and all things that are therein, the seas and all that is therein, and thou preserve them all of heaven, worships thee. Everything that has ever been made, Isaiah said, God, you made it. And I'm going to throw this in there just because I'm a historian and this is kind of fun stuff for me. But uh, we went down to the La Brea Tar Pits a couple years ago. And there's bones of saber-toothed tigers and mammoth elephants and things that no longer exist, things that are extinct. And somebody said, I don't believe in saber-toothed tigers. I'm like, well, I saw the bones. I don't believe in mammoths. Well, I've, I've seen the bones. I mean, I've stood up close and personal. I've seen some fossils. And people ask, well, how'd that happen? Well, the Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Could he have made dinosaurs and then they somehow went by the wayside and then he formed man? Yeah, there's a long time between in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. <laughs> Matter of fact, <clears throat> I was gonna, we we're going to tag team this. Can you look up, uh, go to Genesis 1, verse 1. How about that? I'll have you read that. And, I, and I'm going to go to Jeremiah chapter 4. Verse number 23, <clears throat> go ahead and read Genesis 1, and I'm going to interrupt, okay, just apologizing in advance. And Jeremiah writes in Jeremiah chapter 4, I beheld the earth, and lo, it was without form and void. Sound familiar? And the heavens had no light. Go ahead. Uh, sounds pretty. That's, I think Jeremiah is referencing the beginning, isn't he? Go ahead. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. And I beheld the mountains, and lo, they trembled, and all the hills moved lightly. Go ahead. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And did he just say there was no light? Jeremiah just said, No light. Go ahead. And God saw the light, that it was good. And mm -hmm. God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the, day, the light day, and the darkness he called night. Okay, so he makes everything on the first day. We don't know how long it took from that point in time for to Adam to be. We know about the day one and day two, day three, day four on the sixth. But but the day, and I know it's a little out of context here, but the timing timing is here is we don't know when he said it's dark and it's void until the sixth day when Adam is made. What took place from the beginning to that point in time when everything was dark? Could have been millions of years. Let there be, and there was, and then God just watches the universe expand, just like Hubble talks about. That star, there it goes. Man, I wish it'd hurry up. I'm trying to hurry up and get through this. That's pretty cool. Look at that sun out there just burning bright. Look at that universe over there. Look at the Milky Way. Look at Andromeda. Look at all those galaxies. Wow. Man. Man, I'm good. Jeremiah reads 
He says, I beheld and lo. Again, it's talking like the beginning. In the, there's no light. It's dark. And I beheld and lo. There was no man. And all the birds of the heavens were fled. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Fled means that they used to be here. But now they're gone. Something happened to cause all the birds, probably pterodactyls, but to be gone. And I beheld, and lo, the fruitful place was a wilderness. And all the cities thereof, Jeremiah's talking about the beginning. It's dark, and he says there were cities before. There were things here before. And all the cities thereof were broken down at the presence of the Lord. And by his fierce anger, something happened that got God so upset that brought destruction, desolation, and darkness on this world. For thus hath the Lord said, the whole land shall be desolate, yet will I not make a full end. I'm going to make it desolate, but I'm not going to kill or destroy everything on the planet. But I'm going to destroy most everything. Probably what happened to the dinosaur. Let pastor interject here. Pastor, this is pastor's opinion 101. What made God so mad that Jeremiah is referencing here that would cause darkness and death and destruction on this earth? Anybody remember the story how Satan wanted to be worshipped in heaven? And God sent him from heaven down to earth as a falling star. And it, in God's anger, he said... You're going to be bound there and kicked him out of heaven. Isaiah, Isaiah references it in Isaiah 14. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground? Cut down to the ground. He was sent. He was banished to the ground. Something impacted the The devil and a third of the angels. Which didst weaken the nations. All those uh, Cro-Magnon and Neanderthal or whatever else. All those cities. The old stuff that was before Adam. Gone. Because God was so angry. At the devil. And the stuff that was going on here. By the way, you don't want to be at odds with God. Thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into the heaven, and I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. So, check this out. The devil says, Lucifer says, I will exalt myself above the stars. So before he was kicked out of heaven, there were already stars. I mean, he had already, God had already said, let there be. Think of it in the context. I hope, this, I hope you all enjoy this stuff. I, I'm taking a couple minutes. I'm going a little longer today. But I'm, I'm enjoying this lesson right here. I hope you all get as much of it as I do. And the devil goes on and said, I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. God says, no, you're not. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble? Sounds familiar? Tremble? Jeremiah talked about it. That did shake kingdoms. 
that made the world as a wilderness. Same words that Jeremiah talked about in Jeremiah 4. And destroyed the cities thereof that opened not the house of his prisoners. Luke chapter 10, Jesus said, and he said to them, I beheld, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Lightning. You ever see lightning strike? It's quick, isn't it? If you blink, you'll miss it. You know how long it took God to kick Satan out? If you were to blink, you'd have missed it. Gone. See ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. God created everything. He was upset with Satan because Satan wanted to change the purpose for which he was made. And that was to glorify and worship God. Church, we have to, as human beings, be careful that we do not change the purpose in which we were made. I was made to praise and worship God. I'm not trying to get all political, but I was made as a man. Some of you were made as women, ladies. We have to be careful that we fulfill the purpose, the mission that God created us to fulfill. To praise and to worship. I was singing uh, one of the praise songs, beginning of service, and you know, my mind just, it's kind of weird. I I get it. I understand. You probably got to be a little weird to be a pastor anyway, but. My mind was thinking there, and the word broken hit, and I thought, man, it just reminded me of place. I remember one time my tire was going flat, and, and I pulled into a gas station, and, and or there at the corner, and you know where you can fill up your tires with air. And you got to put all these, now you got to put like $50 and quarters in just to get it to work. And I get out, and it has this sign on it, out of order. I was frustrated. You know what gets God frustrated? When he sees civilization out of order. God is a God of order. God created things a certain way. He's not the author of confusion. He's a God of order. I'll let you, in your political mind, see who's doing what in our society, and you can figure out who's closer to Jesus. The devil wants to steal, kill, and destroy. I'm just giving you scripture today. You get political, it's in your mind. Hello? This making sense to anybody so far? Y'all, real quiet. It's either you are about to go to sleep or you are really listening. I'm going to go with number two. You are really listening. You are intent. I'm going someplace. I told you I'm going to take a little time. Revelation chapter 4, verse 11. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. You were created to bring God pleasure. And he takes, he delights in the praises of people. 
God takes great pleasure when you go, God, I'm going to live for you. I'm going to do my best to serve you. I'm going to honor you in all things. I'm going to live for you. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to praise you. And God goes, yeah, that's why I made you in the first place. If you want to be out of order, don't praise, don't worship, don't serve God. And you're going to be messed up. And you're going to be broken. But this church has a nickname. It's a place for the broken to come. But can I add to this? But it's not a place for the broken to stay broken. God can fix what's wrong. He can take what's wrong and he can make it right. He, can, he said, I came to heal the brokenhearted. I came to bring order. I came to bring life. I came to bring peace of mind. He said, I came to seek and to save that which was came to heal the brokenhearted. Those that are out of order. Things that are out of order is chaos. Some of our lives were totally chaotic until Jesus found us. <laughs> Praise God. But we were created, everybody say created, for His pleasure. And God created everything. Cool, we just sang that right before I started preaching. The great creator became my savior. He is the great creator. Even in science, there's this thing called the law of life. Life can only come from life. Isn't it ironic that there are scientists who say they believe in the laws of science but deny that one? Even there's a law of life in science. It's called the law of life. That life can only come from life. In other words, something can't come from nothing. God is life. And he said in John 10 and 10, I came that you might have life and that you might have life more abundantly. He's the God of life. He's our life source, our eternal life. It was, you ready? It was God who breathed into Adam and he became a living, I was on our text today in Genesis 2 verse 7, a living soul. Our life comes from him. And to be born again, to have new life in Christ Jesus, Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter 3, except a man be born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot even see the kingdom of God. You've got to be born again, new life. Nicodemus. How do I get born again? How do I come? Do I re-enter in my mother's womb? I mean, come on, Jesus, that's crazy. He said, no, I'm t- he's talking about spiritual life, new life. The baptism and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. The born again experience. Acts 17, neither is worship with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things. John 1 and 3, all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And in him was life, and the life was the light of men. I already said it in John 10. He said, I came that you might have life, that you might have it more abundantly. Psalms 139, David said, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I was made. I was created. Let me just interject this. There are some people, they may have come from an ape, but I didn't. There's some people, they won't think they came from an amphibious toad or something and crawled up out of the water and good for them. But uh uh-uh, I came from Adam and Eve. Thank you very much. (laughs) 
God knows what he's doing. He can make life. He can speak it. He can, he's so powerful. God, the spirit of God is so powerful. He can speak things and they come into existence. And say, how can noth- something come from nothing? Because he's not nothing. He's something. He's everything. He's the almighty. His word is so powerful. He can speak things into existence. How is that possible? If he can think it. This is so powerful. God thinks it. He can speak it into existence. Because he already had the thought. And what did John say? In the beginning was the thought, the logos, the plan. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. In the beginning, God always had a plan. He always had a thought. And he made us. He made the human body, 65% oxygen, 19.5 carbon, 9.5 hydrogen, 3.2% nitrogen, 1.5% calcium, 1% phosphorus, 0.4% potassium, 0.3% silver, 0.2% sodium, 0.2% chlorine, 0.1% magnesium, and then there's also other iron and ink and, or zinc and many other things. A body with 500 muscles, 200 bones, 7 miles of nerve endings, a heart beating 36 million times a year, pumping 60,000 gallons of blood through 600,000 miles of vessels, veins, and arteries. Is there anything too hard for our God? Everybody touch your finger like this. Just on the tip of your finger, size of a postage stamp, has 3 million cells, a yard of blood vessels, 4 yards of nerves, 100 sweat glands, 15 oil glands, 25 nerve endings, yet God made it out of dust. Anything too hard for God? I don't think so. And if he made Adam and Eve from the dust of the earth, or Adam from the dust, Eve from the rib, we know the story, but if he made Adam from the dust, can't he do it again? I mean, if there's a problem with an eye, could he make it whole? If there's something that's broken, can't he not fix it? That's why Jesus was walking around. They wanted to stone him because he's performing miracles they couldn't do. He's performing miracles. They said, only God can do those, like heal the blinded eyes and raise the dead and heal the deaf ears and... Like in John chapter 9, when he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. Spits in the dirt, makes some clay, puts these eyeballs in this, this man's eye sockets. He doesn't have any eyeballs. He's blind. Of course, if you don't have any eyeballs, I guess you'd be blind too. <laughs> Sometimes we say the most profound things. And the people ask, who, who did this? You couldn't see. You didn't even have eyeballs. Now you running around going, hey. Verse 11, he answered and said, A man that is called Jesus made clay and anointed mine eyes and said unto me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed and I received my sight. That's how powerful God is. If he can, you ready? If he can make eyeballs from the dust of the earth like he did for Adam, he can do it again for you. Because he's the same. Can I, let me, you ready? God gets a kick out of creating new things. God takes pleasure in blessing and making and creating new things for his people. 
He likes, he likes, he gets new kicks out of creating new life, a new relationship. And restoring life into old relationships. I hope you understand where I'm going this morning. God can create something new out of something old. Man with the withered hand in Luke 6. Jesus tells him, stretch forth thine hand. He does so and immediately his hand was restored whole as the other. And, And here's the Pharisees, Sadducees, they're watching. They get angry. Well, number one, because it's going to cost them in their pocketbook, but love of money is the root of all evil. And they were filled with madness and communed one with another what they might do to Jesus. Here he says, stretch forth thine hand. That's all he says. The guy's like, his hand's drawn up, the other hand's normal. The guy's stretching, oh, wow, it works. Oh, my God, wow. Jesus, you rock. I'm paraphrasing. Jesus, you're amazing. Look at that. My hand works. Look at that. Isn't that funny how, it's not really funny, it's kind of sad, how somebody can get a blessing and God can bring restoration to somebody's life and usually there's somebody going, you didn't do that for me. He can. <laughs> but you got other issues. <laughs> All right. That's not my notes. I'm just throwing that in there. The point is God can make one whole and complete again inside and out. God can create something new from something old. He had this guy's got his hand, it's all drawn up, it's shriveled, it's basically dead, and, and yet now it works. God can do, if he can do that to the physical, he can do that to the mental, to the spiritual, he can do that to relationships. Relationships that seem like they're dead, there's no hope. I'm telling you, when the Spirit of God moves in a situation in a life, he can create something new. Amen. Jeremiah 18, and I, I got to hurry. Jeremiah 18 and 1, you know the story. The word comes to Jeremiah, says, go, rise, go down to the potter's house. And there I went, or will cause thee to hear my words. And so Jeremiah says, then I went down to the potter's house. And behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred. It was broken. It, was mis- it had mistakes in it. It was marred. It was imperfect. Sounds like me. In the hand of the potter. So he made it again. Another vessel. As seemed good to the potter to make it. And then the word of the Lord came to me, Jeremiah, saying, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter? Saith the Lord, behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand. O house of Israel, if he can, he can take something and make it new out of nothing, he can take something that's broken and marred and make something beautiful out of it again. It's called restoration. Restoration. He can take an old car that's all rusted and wheels falling off, and he can sand it down. He can sandblast it when you're baptized in Jesus' name. He can put a brand new coat of paint. He can restore it and make it as good or even better as new. He can create something from nothing, but he can also create something from something that was broken. Isaiah 64, but thou, O Lord, thou art our father, we are the clay, and thou art our potter, and we all are the work of thy hand. Romans 9, 21, hath not the the potter power over the clay of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor? 
Isaiah 45, 9, Woe unto them that striveth with his maker. Let the potsherd or the, 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 the piece of broken pottery strive with the potsherds of the earth. Shall the clay say to him that fashioneth, What makest thou or thy work? See, the pot doesn't get to tell the potter what to make. Why would I anyway? I'm broken. <laughs> I got no idea. But I can say, God, I just put myself in your hands and you can make if you can if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. <laughs> God, you can you can use me. You can make something special out of my life. Ezekiel 28:15, thou was perfect in thy ways from the day that thou was created till iniquity was found in thee. You were created, you were perfect, and then boom, marred. Thank you, Adam and Eve. That's why David said, and I was shaping and sin, born in iniquity. But Ezekiel, same, Eze same, same chapter, or same book, a few chapters later in chapter 36, verse 26, he said, a new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you, is, is prophesying about the New Testament church. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. It's kind of like David prayed in Psalm 51. Create in me. Create. God, I don't have one right now. I need you to create in me a clean heart. Renew in me a right spirit. Cast me not away from thy presence. And restore the joy of thy salvation. But it started with God, you're the great creator. And I need you to create in me a clean heart. I don't know where you are today. Maybe your life's marred. Maybe things are broken. Maybe things are not perfect in your life. I'm telling you, you can, you can pray to the great creator today and call on his name and say, Jesus, God, I need you to create in me a clean heart, renew in me a right spirit. Cast me not away from thy presence, but restore the joy of thy salvation. And I preached all of that to get to this. We have arrived. John chapter 3, verse number 3. Jesus answered, talking to Nicodemus, and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Except a man be born again. <laughs> that word born is a Greek word, geneo. Geneo means, you ready? To make <laughs> or procreate. Except man be born again. To be made again. To be created again. He cannot even see the kingdom of God. I'm thankful. God can make something out of nothing. And he can make this broken life new again. Thankful for the born again experience. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul writing, he says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, and we are buried in Christ, and we're buried in baptism, Brother Chris is going to get baptized in Jesus' name in just a few minutes. We are, the Bible says, this is the word, this is the word for us, Chris. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Root word, create. You are a new creature. You're a new creation that God has made. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. When someone gets baptized in Jesus' name, they become a new creation in Christ Jesus. 
It goes back to John telling, or in the book of John, Jesus telling Nicodemus, except a man be born again, created, made again, he cannot even see the kingdom. Galatians 6, Paul writing, he said, for in Christ we are new creatures. When I'm baptized in Christ, I'm a new creature. We bury the old, and it's out with the old and in with the... The old man is buried and there's new life. It's called resurrection. The Bible says we are resurrected in his likeness. Just as he was resurrected as our example, when we come out of, out of the grave of baptism, buried in his name, we identify with him. The reason we baptize in Jesus' name, not just for the remission of sin, but it's so that we can identify in his resurrection. I'm fixing to preach right now. You want to be resurrected to heaven. You got to identify with him. You got to have the name that's above every name. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. We identify. That's the hope of resurrection. Why do we have it? Because we have been resurrected through baptism in Jesus' name. This may cross somebody's theology, but if you've been baptized in Jesus' name, you already and you came up out of the water in newness of life, you've already been read. The old man is done away, but you are a new creature. You've already been, you already identify with Christ in his resurrection. That's why we can walk in newness of there's gonna be a great resurrection one of these days when we all get to heaven. Romans 6, therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. Buried with who? Jesus. That like as Jesus Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. So how does God create in us a clean heart to the New Testament church? We are buried with him in baptism. We rise in newness of life, new creation. Jesus. Jesus. Wasn't born yet. God in the beginning, he forms Adam from the dust of the earth. He's a new creature, but he's not alive yet. He had to breathe into him and he, to become a living soul. You can find the same word that Jesus t- t- talking to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, the same word where he said, the wind bloweth where it listens. The wind is the pneuma. That's the Greek word that was used. In Acts chapter 2, when the, when the Holy Ghost fell, on the day of Pentecost, there were one place, one mind, one accord. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Same word, pneuma. It's the breath of life. You are a new creature. You are a new vessel. And in this, this is the reason. He said, that's why you don't put new wine in old vessels. It's important you get baptized in Jesus' name. Because I don't want to just leave you a clean new vessel. I want to put my spirit within you. That's how you're born again. Ephesians 4 and 24, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. God can create, he can remake, he can recreate, he can renew, he can revive, he can restore the old. God can fix the physical, just as he did with the man with the withered hand or, or, the, or the eyes. But even greater than that is God can fix the spiritual. God breathed into Adam and he became a living soul. What is more powerful than that is God can breathe into us his spirit, the breath of life, and we become an eternal 
We have eternal life. Why? Because I'm talking about the law of life. Life can only come from And if anyone preaches any other gospel and says you can have eternal life without getting it from the life source, is really preaching death. Because life can only come from life. I can't earn it. I can't do enough to deserve it. I have to receive it. That's why Peter said, repent. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's a promise, for this promise is unto you. It's a promise of eternal life. Man, this is good stuff this morning. It's the law of life. I didn't even get into the law of light kind. Dogs have dogs, cats have cats. I like my brother, our doctor, brother, he's brother, he's a minister too. He's written books, done CDs, all these things. He's a scientist. He's got uh, two different doctorates. Arlo Molin Paul, some of you got I've got his books. Great guy. Um, heard him, met him, heard him speak. I used a lot of it when I taught it for the university and ancient civilizations. I always started with this. Law of light, the law of life, and the law of light kind. Dogs have dogs. Arlo Molin Paul, Dr. Molin Paul always says, the dog have a dog, cat have a cat. You can't have a dog and a cat, haven't you? would be going, what that? They've never been, do you know science has never been able to create life? Because life can only come from life. There's a law of like kind. I read to you in Genesis 2 verse 7, Adam was made in his image. You were made in the image of God. You have emotions, feelings. Did you know God can be touched by the feelings of our infirm? God is emotional. Did you know God can get angry? Just I hope it's not at me. But God is love. His overwhelming characteristic, his first one, that's why the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Love's there first. I'm thankful. Aren't you glad that love is his overriding characteristic? I mean, if it wasn't a get rid of them again and just wipe them out. I'm, God, I'm thankful God is be like, oh, God's love, and that's all he is. Now he's got emotions. He can get angry. He got angry at the devil like a boom. Split second, lightning. Gone. I don't want that to happen to me. <laughs> Hello? But it's the law of like kind. You are made in his image. And when you are <laughs> baptized in Jesus' name, you are baptized in his image. We are to walk as he would walk. We are to live as he would live. Is this making sense to anybody? We're to ca- take on the same attributes and characteristics that's why it's the fruit the byproduct of the spirit galatians talks about the fruit of the spirit when you receive the spirit you've been baptized in his name you receive the spirit the holy spirit the holy ghost the breath of life spiritual life there's a by, there's byproduct that comes with that it's love joy peace meekness temperance long suffering and it, we get that because he is that that's why we're buried with him who are you buried with who do you are? Who are you resurrected? I'm resurrected in His name, in His likeness. <laughs> I just saw the time, and I am way late today. I'm gonna wrap it up. God is still in the creating 
business. Matter of fact, let's stand together. I'm, I'm done this morning. I don't know if God's done just yet, though. God is in the creating business. He can make new life in me, in you. If he can take this broken vessel, he can take any broken vessel. I mean, Jesus was sold for 30 pieces of silver. They took that money. Judas threw it. They said, we can't take it back in the treasury. It's blood money. So they bought the field, the, the potter's field, the field of broken crack pots and broken vessels with his, the price of a slave. What Jesus was betrayed by Judas for. And it's called the field of blood, the field of Akeldama, the field, it was the potter's field, the field where all the broken pop, crack pots. And I've used this a lot around here because we can relate. I know I can. B.C., before Christ, I was a broken vessel, broken crackpot. But I allowed myself to get placed on the potter's wheel and allowed God to begin to make me again. And when he breathed life in me, it was a new beginning. <laughs> I don't remember, but they tell me that I screamed and yelled when I was born. I don't remember, but they, they, they tell me, my mom's sick today, she's not here, but they, they tell me that, that when, when I was born that I, Wah! Some people say he never stopped. But when I was born, there was a sound, and there was breath. And when I was born again, there was a sound. And there was breath of life. Oh. And I was there for my girls when they were born. They came out. Most beautiful babies you ever seen. No, really, they were the most beautiful babies. Didn't they? I know beauty's in the eye of the beholder, but my opinion is what counts right now. Both my girls, just beautiful babies. And I remember them coming out and doing what they had to do, cut the umbilical cord and all that. We're like, life! Breath! One of the, most, one of the coolest things that you parents ever see is the birth of your child. One of the greatest things. Oh, man. <laughs> Jesus said there is joy in heaven over every sinner. Just one sinner that repents. There's joy. And when they get to hear, when somebody's baptized in Jesus' name, when somebody's filled with the Spirit of God, joy, the angels rejoice in heaven. Why? Because there's been a new babe in, there's a new babe in Christ. There's a new creature. Hey, we got a new family member. We ex get excited because it's the beginning of life. Chris is going to get baptized. And it's going to be a new beginning for him. 
This is so exciting. I, I, honestly, I can't think of anything really more exciting than new life in Christ. Just as that was the most, I, I have to say, I, I was out in the waiting room, but when Hudson was born, wow, that was so cool. But the first time I get to hear my grandson, wow, yes, that's the sound of life. And every once in a while, I still hear, <laughs> when? Oh, man, he's crying. That's the sound of life. I love it. Hello. The beginning of life. It's called a new birth experience. And I am thankful today that God has allowed me to experience the new birth. I'm thankful today that God's allowed me to experience being born again of the water and of the Spirit. That I can identify with Jesus in His resurrection and that one, some glad morning when this life is over, I'm going to fly away. (laughs) I hope this made sense to y'all today. Anyone thankful that you're born again? I wonder right now, could we just, that she's playing right now. I wonder if anyone, if you haven't been born again and you want to be born again, I want, you, can, you can be born again right now. I believe the Holy Ghost could breathe into your soul right now, anew and afresh. Maybe you need a brand new touch or a new touch of the Holy Ghost. You want to, maybe it's been a while. I just would be remiss if I didn't give somebody the opportunity in the next minute or two. Just to lift up your hands right where you are and reach out unto the Lord and say, God, would you breathe in my soul anew and afresh this morning? God, would you touch me? Breathe in me, God. Create in me a clean heart. Renew in me a right spirit. I don't want to be cast from thy presence, but God, I want you to restore the joy of thy salvation in my life. Bless my family, but bless my soul, God. Let me be a vessel, God, to give you honor and praise. God, make me in your image. I want to be more like Christ. God, I want to have the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, meekness, temperance, long-suffering, gentleness, God, patience. I want to have the fruit of the Spirit, God, in my life. Breathe in me. Fill me with your power, Lord, with the Holy Ghost. Create in me a clean heart. Make me a new vessel, Lord, in your image, I pray. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. All over this house, could we just begin to pray? Just no one looking around, just between you and the Lord. Let's just take a moment, just talk with the Lord today.